0: Hi, this is Jack Tester and welcome to another episode of Leadership Lounge. This is a different episode. I'm actually sitting in my office in St. Paul, my old office in St. Paul. I'm not the CEO of NextStar anymore. I've transitioned out and I'm sitting across where people that visited me used to sit, and sitting where I used to sit is Julian Scadden. How are you doing, Julian? I'm great. Thank you. This is
1: a little weird. The tables have turned. They literally. have
0: they have, really. <laughs> right. So Julian is now the, the president and CEO of Nextar, and congratulations,
1: Julian. Thank you so much, Jack, for your examples and leadership. And it's been a beautiful transition. Easy for me. I I hope it's easy for you. But this is yeah. uncharted territory. It so is. We're going to take some time today revisit some of your leadership lessons for you listeners. You've wanted to know. Jack is so humble, so gracious that he has he's always steps out of the the spotlight. So what we're going to do on this episode, and maybe it becomes a couple episodes, is learn a little bit more about Jack, his journey, and and the things that helped him grow and develop and where he got his Leadership Lounge lessons from. Yeah. So we're turning the tables on you, we buddy. Are.
0: We are, this, and, and for those who don't know, this, these will be the last in this series. We've done almost 100 episodes of Leadership Lounge, and it's just been a, one of the more gratifying things that I've been a part of. I've enjoyed it, and I've learned a ton, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback from these. And, and definitely people have asked, why don't you talk more? Well, it's always been about the person I'm talking to, not so much about me, but we're gonna turn it here. We, and we haven't set this up too much, Julian. No nope. Right, what we're going to talk about. So, I'm, you've got some questions you want to ask me, and I got some, some, uh, some stuff I'm going to talk about. But we're we're going to just Jack Tester, Julian Skadden, unplugged.
1: Well, I think what what's on my mind here to set set uh, an an agenda for the listeners is I'm really interested in the in the journey the journey of Jack. So, uh, just as a heads up, Jack, the way that I'm thinking is start a little bit with self-leadership, self-development, some Uh of the thoughts and questions I have around people you saw, you know, what did you see? Uh, What influenced you? Then I want to transition into teams so we can all be a great individual performer. But what happened as you, as you acquired a team uh, from a small team, which I watched you uh, personally grow here at Nextart to a large team. And we'll talk about that. And then I think uh, we kind of wrap up with some looking back. What would you today have told a younger Jack? And before we're done, I want to talk a, a little lot. bit about wow. looking forward. Okay, yeah. I want to talk about sure. now you have this yeah. experience that you've reflected on. Okay. What would you look forward to? So with that in mind, let's, let's jump right in at if at that's all at time, right.
0: man. Let's take a bite at a time. Well, let's right.
1: do it. Self-leadership, the first note that I had. Yeah. I, I wonder, and this could get a little personal. It could be business. But what are some of the um, examples? Who did you see early on, in, either in business or personal? Who starts to mold this thinking? Um, of excellent leaders, people that you wanted to follow. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, Julian, um, I'm going to start this. I I do think that that I was very fortunate that I was, I think I was born or without any work on my own, had some natural leadership ability. I, you know, just, you know, there's some people that are just born to do this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I was born to do this, but I know it wasn't a stretch. Okay. Right. Um, so I'll just say that 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 I, I feel blessed and that I, I I have some some leadership ability that I didn't develop that I just kind of had. You know I was the oldest of four boys, right? Okay. So birth order comes in here, right? So I had to lead. Uh, you know my younger brothers were looking to me for an example. Okay. And I knew it, right? And my mother, strong woman, strong strong woman, would remind me of that. Okay. Right as a young man, right? Okay. So. I know that just in my family, you know, my birth order, you know, the fact that I had two great parents, you know, born with some certain amount of innate ability, right? And maybe that innate ability came out through my birth order. That's what it sounds like. I potentially, wonder. right? Now, having said that, I've got three other brothers that are all good leaders too, right? So it's not like I'm the, the best leader of the four. I just tell you that, that I think that shaped me.
1: That's what I'm getting at. That makes sense. Is there what what event? What do you recall? What's something where as you're growing and mom kind of got after you and it and it just hit home and it became. I
0: remember one time. Thank you for asking that question. (laughs) I remember I was always played little league baseball. Okay. And I was never a huge football guy, but all of a sudden, one of my 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 young next brother next to me came back. He he signed up for football and he came back in pads. Uh Oh. He just bought pads. Yeah. And I said, man, I want to do that. (laughs) So I was maybe eleven, ten at okay. the time, twelve. I don't remember how old I was. So we went and we got pads, and I came in late to football practice. And I remember I was living in Alabama at the time. Oh boy! And uh, it was a, it was August. Oh yeah! And it was hotter than the breath of hell. And unlike baseball, where you're playing catch and doing batting practice, football you're just doing exercises. That's it. And it's hotter than a mother. And I remember. I remember literally like. I don't know that I can do this. <laughs> I mean, getting over... Um, and I, for people that know me, know that I'm not a, a yeah. heat guy. And I have been this way my whole life.
1: Right? I think you call a heat 70 and above. <laughs> right, right, I don't like it over 70, so, right?
0: Yeah, I'm a Norwegian all the way, man. So I'm, now I'm, I'm doing jumping jacks and and these stupid little exercises. <laughs> and I couldn't... After I, about two weeks, I, I was just hated it, Julian. I just... I felt physically ill. I didn't want to do it. So I went to my mom and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. She got mad. She says, don't you quit. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to quit, this is what she said, you got to call the coach yourself. Okay. So I remember sitting by the phone, gaming up, to call my coach yeah. and tell him I didn't want to play football anymore. Okay. So she made me, she didn't protect me. She made me go out there. And I remember that lesson was such that you own, you're responsible. It's okay to – to because to, to, I'm not made for football in Alabama in the summer. <laughs> no. I'm just, it's not my gig, right? But I had to also – I didn't let somebody else do the dirty work for me. And I remember that as a very important lesson to me, Julian. Good. Very Good. important lesson. Thank you. Yeah. So I, had, I hadn't thought about that and never shared that. But – uh
1: so I went back to golf. <laughs> <laughs> and you learn how to make tough phone calls. Because I did. that's that's one thing I've realized here as the tables have turned is there's some tough phone calls that yeah. no matter how much you taught me or told me or right. you would debrief me about, when you're making the call or taking the call, it's yeah, different. It is. So you started very early yeah. with those tough calls. Yeah, I did. Let's transition to business. Okay. Similarly, you've spoken and I don't mind you going there here again about Frank and how he was a model yeah. of consistency, or at least that's the way I heard it. Yeah. But who else in business? Who was someone you saw maybe early on, maybe not as strong as Frank, but just you're a developing young man. I, I want to go back to Frank for a minute, if I could, because love
0: there's it. a lesson there that 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 I that's come to me in recent years, um, and it's about passion. It's about commitment. And that's what Frank had about this industry and about NextStar. And I don't know that I, when we started NextStar, that I had that. But there was no way I could have been here, right. and if I didn't develop it. Right. And that is a an example in leadership. Like like, Frank was not a halfway guy. He was all in. Right, Julian. He was all in. And that was the first person I worked with professionally who was all in. Okay. And as a leader. Um, I knew running Nexstar that this wasn't a job anymore. This wasn't just Jack seeing how much money he could make that I had to have. And, 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 and so that example as a leader, I started to mimic. Yes. Even though there's no way I would have had the life experiences at age 30 mm. to have the passion for contractors like Frank did at 65, right. having lived that journey. Does that make sense? Yes. But I became passionate through his example, and I think as a leader, you know, if we want people to be, to have more than a job, if we want people to feel passionate about our business, their, your business, to be passionate about what they do for a living, they will follow you. Not everyone, but the right people will follow a passionate leader. You know, it's better. On some level, it's better to have passion than intellect. Hmm. Right. No, Frank was smart too. Don't take that the wrong way. No, I right? get it. But that was a, that. So I want to. I want to. I've been reflecting on on that a lot, and that's a great leadership lesson I learned, which is just about about being committed and being visibly committed. And you know, Frank took it to a level. You know, Frank, when it comes to starting NextStar, Frank Blau was a, was the originator of NextStar back in nineteen ninety two. Frank, I think, believed he heard the audible voice of God. Right. right? I never I'm not going to say that, right? But I got to tell you that 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 kind of commitment was huge. So I want I wanted to I wanted to share that because I that's something I've been
1: thinking about recently in a leadership lesson I wanted to share here. Here's here's what I hear within that also is what you're explaining to me is something that attracted you, developed you. Find a specific moment. I don't want to say repel. I think that's a little strong, but Early on, you're a young man. You've uh-huh. never seen this level of passion nor commitment. What were some things that were difficult to lean into? So you're attracted to his passion. You're attracted to his commitments. Oh, this is aspirational, but let, let's get real. Let's go to, you know, maybe year one, year two of working yeah. with him and things that yeah. were just really difficult that you had to fight through right. to get to the next level.
0: Well, you know, the, the thing that that I think uh, I had to, to fight with, and I'll, I'll put Frank in this boat, I'll put some of the other founders, George Brazil, is that... There were parts of their personality that I didn't like. Okay. Right? Part of their being I didn't like. Mm. Right? So um, it would have been very easy for me to just say, look, these guys are a handful. There you go. They're just tough to deal Make with. Make it about them. Make it about them. Just say, look, I," you know, um, for the first, I'll say the first, well, the first six years I was a CEO, I lived continually outside of my comfort zone. Wow. You know, it was just always feeling stressed and pushed and, and I'm, i you know, that's, that's a growing time. It's a scarring time too.
1: Well, here's something to intentionally cut you off. You are a great reminder, at least my experience with you is that you are a great reminder and encourager of the great, great work that we've done as an organization and then as an individual. Did you have that? Or was this more of a, because I want to get a feel for the, oh, the early days. Yes. Did you have encouragement or was it just more of this is what we're supposed to do, let's keep no, rocking? What did no, that look like? No,
0: Frank, Frank was a, and I had some great encouragers. Okay. So I didn't have just people that were, you know, what have you done for me lately, Jack? Okay. You know, I had some of those, right? Um, and I, fortunately, I, I had balance because, you know, Frank was a challenge, but Frank was a huge encourager. Okay. A huge mentor. Right. He spent an inordinate amount of time with me, developing me. Um, you know, he'd send me an article and said, Read it. And then he'd call me and say, What'd you learn from it? You know, I spent an incredible amount of time with me. All these people did. Okay. Um, but I, I guess the point I'm getting to is, is the lesson I learned there is, is um, I'm glad I didn't just walk away because it was tough. Right. And it was tough not because the work was hard, Julian. It was, but it was tough because there were some
1: interpersonal challenges. You know, there was some some very difficult people. This this gets into another thought that I had as I knew I'd have this opportunity to speak with you: uh, emotional intelligence, self awareness, you know, strengths, limitations, those type of things. One of the things that I've observed from you is an unbelievable ability to take on, and and so I'm actually realizing here as I speak. Most likely tied to those early years where you lived in constant discomfort. Uh But later, when I have the opportunity to work alongside you, uh, I recall there was a super meeting. No, I think it was an owner spotlight we were putting together and uh, was excited about the concept of we were going to have someone come in and help us with a physical activity of breaking a board to break through something in our life that's been holding Mm -hmm. us back. And I remember how excited I was about it, but also how hesitant I was to present this to you. Yeah. I wonder how Jack's going to take this. You know, the ultimate yeah. operator in my eyes, you had been uh, my business coach. Yep. And I just, you know, there was just a hesitancy to present no. this to you. Okay. And you you asked great questions. You learned a little bit more. And then we leaned into it. We did it. And we had a great event. But that that's what I'm getting to okay. is what have you discovered as you reflect back that opened your mind? Was it those early years of living in discomfort? I just noticed you have this amazing yeah. ability to lean into things you don't understand Okay. Um, and from the outside, it looks like you do it with ease. I can imagine there's some internal struggle, right? But talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, I think um, I think as a leader, you have to have a sense of of excitement about new things. You know, you have to be, um, and, and running Nextar, you know, we were a new thing, and you know, we lived on presenting new things to to members. So I got pretty good at at getting out there and doing different things. You know, I, one of the things that, that if you, I'll say this is when we started this organization, I wanted this to be the anti-association association. I saw behaviors, I saw activities, I saw um, customs in trade associations that I didn't find appealing, even as a 30-year-old, right? So we, ver- right out of the gate, we did certain things that, that were the opposite. And, yes. Right? So we kind of lived in that from, from jump, Right, we were an invention, and right away I was not going to do things like I had, like a typical association would have done. Mm-hmm. Right, so I, I think I became used to that. Now, clearly, breaking boards and some of the kumbaya that Nextar has gravitated toward, I, it took a lot of trust. And I think that for me, Julian, you know, we have some very um, forward-thinking people. You're being one of them that I trusted. That brought concepts to me, and I didn't say yes to everything, Julian. That's fair, right? So it's not like I was just this is a, a turnstile here. Just give me an idea, come on through, right? Right? You know, we had to talk about this. So some of this, and I remember there's there's a handful of things I just I just wasn't good with, right? Right? More personal development things, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's been some some ways we've taught personal development I'm not comfortable with either. I think it's you know we're not psychologists, right? So I want to be careful here. You know, you can open a wound that you can't close, right? that we're not equipped to do to deal with
1: right and and let's be clear on your discernment i've actually watched that across the organization because right now we're speaking about and again again at times i'm going to pull back for the listeners to see themselves in this story we're speaking to to personal development. But I've also seen you make some operational decisions. Maybe there's a new piece of equipment that we should create an entire campaign around. And you would discern and you would think through and you would collect information. Is it wise for us to spend this amount of time on something so specific that may have a smaller impact or return? So the thing that I have seen is discernment. Who, Who in your early years did you see that was great about collecting information, making a quick decision? Because that's one of the things that everyone here will say quickly about you, Jack is you are great about collecting information and making a quick yeah. decision, and yeah. you do it well. Yeah. Who did do you see you, do that? I don't know, Julian, because that, that is, when I, when I went back and
0: said, you know, again, I'm going to be modest when I say this. I yeah, was yeah. born with certain leadership yes. abilities, right? That's one of them, Julian. Okay. Right? I don't know if it's horse sense. I don't know if it's, it's just wisdom gained over the years. Um, but I do think, you know, as a leader, you know, our job is to learn what to say no to. Right. Right? And, and because you can go to hell in leadership saying yes. You can, you can, you can yes your way into bankruptcy. you can And because and as a leader, you, your affirmation comes from yes, right? You know, somebody comes to you with a request and you say oh, yes. Oh, it feels good. It feels good because now you're aligned and you want to be a friend and you want to be a team and, you know, I, I'm here to support. You know, there's all these things and it's all right, right? Except when it's not, right? So clearly, for me, and I, and I, I, you know, I've I've listened to other people talk about this. You know, one of my leadership mentors is John Maxwell, right. and I think um, mm-hmm. this idea of, of discernment um, as a leadership skill. You know, I think people can learn how to be better speakers, better communicators, whether it's written or or the uh, the spoken word. Yes, I think you can learn uh, how to think in terms of long term versus short term but i'm trying to figure out how to teach discernment and i think julian it's it's as a as a for me i don't remember i think a lot of my work was done with frank my mother my father but i also so now i what i what i view as one of my responsibilities is not just to tell people yes or no but to tell them why yes, why no? Does that make sense? That's great. So now you're teaching them to think like you. See, Frank used to say, I'm going to make you think like me. Okay. He said that all the time, right? Now, I think like Frank, but not the whole way, right? Yes. But he wanted to to help me understand why certain things are important. Okay. And so often as leaders, you know, what we do is we say no, we say yes, and we don't give context, right? And the act of giving context, Julian, forcing yourself to do that as a leader actually helps with your own discernment because yes. you've got to speak it now, right? Support it. Because the easiest thing in a, as a leader is just say no, or hell no, yeah. right? Just, and, and I know just why. Just take my word for exactly. it, right? I, I know things you don't know, I yeah. see things you don't see, just yeah. trust me. Listen, little man, don't talk to me about this. I'll just say yes or no, right? <laughs> and, and let me tell you, a lot of times people do that because they're not sure why they said yes or no.
1: That's interesting. Right? I want that to land.
0: Yeah. Because they just said it because it's in their best interest to say it, or they're just not sure, or they're bluffing, or they're just doing a lot of, you know, leaders don't want to be wrong. And one of the, the freeing things for me, Julian, was freeing myself up to be wrong. And by sharing my reasons why, often I've heard myself say something Mm-hmm. that that didn't hang together. And does that make sense? It just doesn't hang together anymore. I've been there, man. Right? Yeah. It's like, well, so, now that I'm in, <laughs> I call it bird walking, right? It's like, what am I doing right you're now? You're just out there. Yeah.
1: You're usually out there before you notice it, too. <laughs> right. That's the. Right. I'm over my skis. Oh. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's the old cartoon, where did the ground right. go? Right. And right. you realize you're way out there all alone. That's good. And nobody told
0: me. Right. So I think to go back that, now that I've 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 talked about this you know that that the act of teaching discernment actually creates discernment in you
1: that's I really love how that came back around that's beautiful yeah I have a question here about disciplines the importance of disciplines and habits uh versus motivations it's an it's an ongoing conversation I have with my teenagers this usually comes up as my children hit the teenage years and I don't have any issues or concerns with motivation. I think motives right. are important. Yeah. And, and and so uh, I'm going to give you an example here of how I explain it, and then I want your thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, to me, the discipline is the ability when the alarm goes off to get up and not hit snooze. Right. And then we talk about habits, and then I'll share with them. So make sure you have habits that you know your clothes are already mm-hmm. laid out, the towel is ready, that you don't have to think. So no. now you have habits that... Yeah. So the discipline is, I'm just going to do it. I don't care whether I want to or not. Then I have habits, though, that help support me to get through it. And then it is great and probably necessary to have motivations because it ties to passion. But there are going to be days and moments where the motive for wanting to do this. Okay, so my, my early motive is I just want to make more money to be in a better place. My later motive may be to take care of my children. And so the motives will will grow and change, and it's great to have them, but there will be moments Mm -hmm. where a motive and passion are just not going to be there. And now this gets back to discipline and habits, and I've seen you be great about this. What's a little bit in your mind that you've seen? And and feel free, though, to also speak to maybe leaders you've seen who don't have it and what the result is. So either way you want to go on these questions. All right. So the question is, what have I done in that area? And, yeah. and what do you see? What, what's the benefit of having a discipline and a habit versus waiting for passion? Because yeah. we talked about Frank's passion. People see Frank's passion. I want to have Frank's passion. Yeah. But the other thing that I want to make sure folks are hearing underneath this is, is what I hear, and I want you to build on now, Frank's discipline, yeah. his consistency. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know.
1: As uh, one example. Sure. It doesn't have to be Frank.
0: Yeah. I think as a, as a personal performer, you know, as a young man, I should say, uh, you know, I had an organization run, and I was doing all the work. Mm. So, you know, if I didn't get up at, get in the office by seven, no one else did, because there's no one else there, right? right. So you, it, it was like the the there was a, I view it almost like a there was a wave of work coming at me, and I had to get it. So I had to, I had to there was, I had to do it, Julian, right? I, right. I, I one of the things I'm I'm, that I have is I'm a highly responsible person. So this idea of of having work going undone, a phone call not being returned just not who I am right It just I just that I'm not good with that
1: I have to park here for a minute yeah what I hear in that when I hear I had to do it mm-hmm. I hear a personal code uh-huh. and I know that uh, at our most recent super meeting you you gave some very nice accolades and thanks to others but one of the things you said that stood out to me is you talked about staying humble the power of humility and staying in prayer yeah what I hear in that is that you have a personal code so you, when you say things like I have to do it yeah much as a company has guiding principles, as an individual, if you don't have a code, if you don't have these principles, if you don't have this deep-seated, I had to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to jump in there. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing underneath what you're saying. Well, I
0: just, that's the person I want to be. It's an identity thing for me. I don't want to be a guy who shows up late. Okay. Right? I don't want to be a guy that says Jack didn't return my phone call right. or Jack didn't uh, do, do what he said he was going to do. I want to be a responsible guy. right? So I think it's uh, uh, just who I am. Right in that, and I don't like that quality in others, and therefore I shouldn't have that quality in myself. So I think with, I'm, I'm talking about the early days of NextStar. So those are the things. Now here's the thing, Julian: when you grow a business to a certain size, the work doesn't come at you like a tidal wave, right. like it does when you're a performer. If you're a technician, if you're a salesperson, you know, if you don't get up and sell, you're not going, you're not going to earn. Right. Right. As a CEO, you could sleep in that day and still get a paycheck. Yes. Right. So. For me, the discipline came in was harder later when I knew that that the discipline was more about my leadership action being mimicked by others, not me getting the work done. So when I show up here at seven as the CEO, it's more of a symbolic act. I've done it enough that it's a habit, right? Exactly. Right? I've done it enough that's who I am. I've done it enough that I'm uncomfortable doing it another way. All right, that's mm-hmm. a big thing too, right? But I also know that that you know, I believe this that that it's a rare person who for long will work harder than their boss. It's a very rare person, right? And you won't have a lot of people do that, right? So I think as a leader, um your you know, we think leadership is standing in front, giving the fiery speech or the uh, the and I'm, I'm a pretty good communicator, or written word. I'm pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more than those things, Julian. It's daily when people pull in the parking lot here when I was a CEO, and they saw my red truck parked there. I think they didn't – they may not have noticed it, but I think that it, it resonated yes. every day. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's
1: noted when it's not there. Yeah, it's noted when it's the not there. The day I' not – oh, where's he? Where's Jack? Let me check the calendar. Was he off right.
0: today? I don't have to kill myself. Believe me, I was a morning guy, not an afternoon guy, right? <laughs> but I think that the, – the, so I want to say that the, the habit was, um, was formed early. I carried it forward as a leader
1: even when I didn't necessarily have to do it to get work done. And you decided – you attribute it to your identity, but I would offer that you decided that's who you're going to be because I'm sure there were days when you just didn't feel it. I'm oh, sure yeah. there were days when, even though it's, I have to be this and I have to do it. sounds great now, Jack, yeah. but there were mornings where you rationalized and fought through oh, some stuff.
0: all the time. I, I would go through this <laughs> mental exercise. I've earned the right to sleep in. I've earned the right to, to not do And I tell you what, there's times where I'd even talk myself into it, and I'd start to do it, and
1: I couldn't do it. I just... I couldn't do it, Julian. I would tie that back to habit and discipline over time. So just get started now. If you're working on a new habit, a new discipline, you're hearing this, just get started today. Just get started today. And and, uh, the momentum will carry you forward. That's right. You gave me a perfect segue here. That's right. And what I heard is something that you said earlier was visibly committed.
0: Yeah. And
1: so now I want to transition and talk about team leadership. Okay. And and the nuance between a small organization where you're the source of all energy, you're every position in the business, and then you start to add teammates. So I heard you talk about being visibly committed. The truck is there. I'm here at the same time. I'm always available. I'm very consistent. What are some of the nuance for the listeners here that do find their identity in being the source of all answers, the source of all energy? And now your team starts to grow, and there's, there's danger in that. There, there's some time you got to pull back. Take us through that and what you see.
0: seen. Well, there, there is a, a certain um, fulfillment that comes from knowing you're the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah. Right. Being day to day operationally, you're making the sales, you're you know you're doing the speeches, you know. And in the early days of Nextar, I used to say if if uh, if Nextar burped, I was patting its back, hmm. right? Kay. You know that was a kind of a stupid little saying I had because I knew everything, yeah, I knew everything going on. There wasn't anything outside of my fuel division, right? And it was you know I was pretty good at it. You know I multitask and I you know I enjoyed it and I got a lot of accolades and you know Nextar was. This invention, people knew it, and we were making a difference, and that felt great, right? Um, you know, the the, the challenges, uh, you know, and and when you're thirty, you know, you can work a lot of hours, mm-hmm. a lot of hours, right? right. And I was cheating my family at that time, right, which I feel bad about, but you've got the energy, you know. Right. I don't remember, I don't ever remember one o'clock in the afternoon getting a a, a physical slump, meaning yeah. like I feel like taking a nap. Yeah, I don't remember that, Julian. Let me tell you, when you're 58, it's a little different, right? Now, maybe some 58-year-olds are not listening to saying, that ain't me, good for you. Right. That ain't Jack Tester. <laughs> I can tell you that right now, right? right? So I think the, 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 the thing you've got to, to, to lean into, I think to, to push through that, that hump, if you will, is um, when you bring people into the organization that are doing things that you used to do, and you put them on the right projects, Julian, it frees you up to do more of that which you like. Right? That which you're uniquely gifted to do. Let me back up. I like that. Let me say that. Yes. Let me say that again, right? So I knew that when I brought the second employee in, Marla Koff, an extraordinary person, very detailed, good writer, you know, good leader, you know, she was doing things, in her case, she was doing them better than me, but it freed me up to do other things within the organization, creative things, sales. Things that I did when, when I d- had these other things off my plate right. in Nextar Group. And every time we've added a talented person, you know, you, other people here at Nextar, you know, Nextar continues to grow. So, you know, adding people frees you up to do the things that only you can do. That's a better, the better way to put it as the right. top person in a business. Because there's certain decisions, there's certain actions that I can't delegate, Julian. Right. right?
1: Give us an example. Give All us right. an example. Very um, specific.
0: Perfect example here is um, leadership development, team development, meaning interpersonal development right. on our team. Um, I can't hire a consultant to come in and teach us how to work together as a team. Without you, without getting into me the work. getting into the work and actually carrying that work forward. I can, no one else can have hard conversations with Julian when you are my employee, right? right. I can't I can't farm that out to HR. I can't ask my business coach to do it. I have to do that work. If my team's dysfunctional, I'm the one who has to make it functional. I have to do the hard interpersonal, you know, telling somebody, you know what, you're talking too much. Or telling somebody, you're, you're gonna, you need to talk more. You know, this meeting ha- isn't running right. We have to fix this. Right? These dysfunctions no one else can do. Right? And when you're developing a leadership team. Right. You can't offshore it. You know, yeah, you can send people away to a leadership class. That's good but that's 10% of the job right you have to come back and do the other 90% as a ceo of the business you have to be a leadership developer if you want to have a, a good healthy big growing team you can't give that to anyone else i don't believe i think it gets dysfunctional if you do
1: it sounds like to me a, as a as a, a nextstar specific example a service manager sends a technician to service system class Uh, this person goes, becomes empowered, they come back excited, but you don't have, as the service manager, the weekly one-to-one with them and talk about their conversion rate now. Talk about the tasks per call. You're not really walking and asking them questions and, and looking at their summary and findings to really see how they're behaving in the fields. Like they got trained. They're good. Why are you misbehaving now? But I'm not walking through the habits, the attributes, the behaviors, the conversations for what I say I want. And that's Very true. That's what we're talking about. Performance. And, and, and similarly, though, to, to the point... Well, Jen- you
0: send them away to service system, and you don't know the service system.
1: There you go. Right? So you
0: send someone in a leadership class, and they're learning leadership principles that you don't understand. Or believe in, or model. or, or Yeah. Or, or you're just maybe ignorant, right? And now you come back, and this guy's not going to use that. This woman's not going to use that stuff. That doesn't fit. No. So it's it's like oil and water, right? That's not working in the, the culture of the business, mm-hmm. right? So... I don't remember the original question. I want, to, I want to make sure this resonates. Yes. As a CEO or as a senior person in a business, if you want to grow the business,
1: your job is to develop the leadership skills of the people that work for you. And let's get back into that on that okay. note. Maybe uh, let's have some fun possibly at your expense. You know, let's talk about something, you—you a bright idea, be as specific or not as specific as you want, an idea, an innovation or a hire that you made. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, here at Nextar, I had a really great idea to hire a type of personality that was not mixed with our culture, but I went for it. You gave me the latitude to do it. And, um, I had to let that person go within 30 days because I mishired, Mm -hmm. but I learned so much through that activity. What's something where you either wanted to create a new initiative or a development or an idea and you just went for it there's nothing wrong with that, but a lesson that you learned through it, that maybe you were either farming out what you should have been owning or it was something outside of our strength zone. Yeah.
0: I think for me that Julian, um, God, there's a lot of things, and I love what I've learned over time, which is success and failure are connected, right? So, you know, to be a success, it, it, it requires you to have failed okay. or to, have, to not done things well. So, and, and, and that's always where the best lessons are, right? Mm-hmm. They're micro-lessons sometimes, right? They're, you know, where you, you hire – often I've, I've said this, and I'll say this respectfully, you know, no one gets fired too quick – you know that you've promoted somebody based upon their abilities in a certain role, and you've worked with them for a period of time, and it becomes evident that um, that it's not working. And because you've made that hire, you start to rationalize way past the point of reason. And uh, so that's that's I think that's every leader's common mistake okay. is um, making the wrong hire or making the wrong promotion, right? Um, so that's going to happen. That's right now we're just. But gonna tell what, I, what I've learned though is that being a great performer doesn't make you a great manager or leader, right? So you have somebody, and, and and people talk about this all the time. You get a great salesperson; doesn't make them a great sales manager, right? And we've seen that, you know, in my in my career, right, where I've, you know, someone's kind of earned the right because of their individual performance for the next step. And really, there's there's so much assessments now. Um, I'd ask you to step back and say, really. Um, think about this person leading others not directing others leading others and letting others take the spotlight and letting others become the expert you know Julian um, that's something that, that I've seen other leaders do I don't know if I've done it as much which is to, to not let someone else win does that make sense? Okay. I
1: don't know if I'm getting to your question yet no this is good this yeah. is all gold and really this is the question about now
0: here's what i can i can i say this here he goes when i
1: hear this you know (laughs) he's getting passionate i um i got personally
0: involved in that department's going to get fixed real quick right so they jump right over the leader i got personally involved and that's you know meaning they're they're the savior they're getting figured out they come in do a couple little service meetings or install meetings or whatever they've done and you know, I got personally involved, and in, in, in this is more common in a, a multi-location business. When you hear this, it's a, it's a flare for you multi-location guys. Um, because you can't, what I've learned, here's what I've learned. This is, a, this is one, is that if you've got the wrong leader in place in a department or a company, okay. you can't, as the person above them, through your own sheer brilliance, overpower their lack of leadership and make it work. Because as soon as you walk away, the dysfunctions reappear. So I learned this lesson when I was a multi-location manager and I had a business in Phoenix and I had made the wrong hire. And I would go to Phoenix every week and I'd spend three days there, Julian. And I'm a pretty good leader and I was working hard. right? And everybody was giving me the big smiles, right? And then I'd leave and, and things would go apart and fall apart again. And then I'd go back and I kept thinking that my presence there would would inspire. And what I learned is that, that your three hours there can't overcome the 37 hours of bad when you're not there. So, you know, you've got to get the lead. You know, John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. Right. That's a lesson I've learned is that everything rises and falls on leadership, whether it's a company or a department yes. or a function, right? And if you don't have a growing, thoughtful leader in a given department as a GM or as a CEO, that department won't be good. It will never get close, and, you'll, and it'll start showing up as turnover. Um, remember this this, yes. this passion that I talked about. Right. When that person doesn't have passion, and that starts to, to embed and get corrosive in the business, um, so you got to get that right. You just you, and you
1: can't muscle your way through it. And you've got you've got a lot of us, myself included, here shifting in our seats because we we've all lived it. If you say you haven't, you haven't been leading long. Where? You wanted your influence. Your you pop up in the in the service meeting to kind of re energize that team or that yeah. department, opposed to investing in that leader as you something right. you mentioned earlier, get them thinking like you. Yes. Have them yes. leading like you right. in, in your absence versus powering through right. and your energy permeating through. And there's a sense of pride and ego with that too, yeah. but that's not healthy.
0: No. You think it's a shortcut.
1: And it is back to the original question I asked Jack, that the business cannot grow if you do not start to create these leaders. That's right that will play to their natural strengths and yeah. abilities and you, and you let yeah. them play and run, uh, the business will not grow. So as the business, as, next Nextar grew, uh, yeah. everybody knew Jack employee, number one. Yeah. And then Nextar starts growing and we start bringing on more and more dynamic personalities from coaching to training to heck, even some of our accountants are, are well-known just for <laughs> their personality and right. who they are. And right. our staff is getting this exposure and, and fortunately, what I observed is you're the type of individual who, you know, you don't need the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And what were some of the things going on behind the scenes? And you've talked a little bit about this, but just let your mind roam. Okay. Uh, find, a, find an example here of, of an area of discomfort. Let's get uncomfortable again because we have listeners out there. Their business is, is growing right now. Everything's feeling great. I had a conversation with a member, I think, a week ago. And he was explaining that he's hit the point where he can no longer be the GM. They can't come to me anymore. But I built the business this way. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking to develop the next leaders. And I have to for this business to grow to the next level. What's something that just pops up in your mind as you think about those, that discomfort of maybe a department you let go of? There's some departments you let go of and you're right. happy. You're really glad that somebody else is leading it now. What's an area where you said, oh, gosh, I'm so good at this. I really don't want to let go. But I need to to yeah. grow this thing. Yeah.
0: All right, I'll, I'll say that, that um, you know, I've been very fortunate that, and I'll say that, let me, let me let me answer this question in a very long-winded way, is that Nextar is a purpose-driven business. So it attracts purpose-driven people. I think it attracts, and, and people and, and, and members have a passion for Nextar. I have a passion for Nextar, and that carries forward. Now, you can't expect a brand-new employee to come in here and and – carry the flag like a long-term employee well they got to figure us out but I think what I'm going to say is is that that purpose that we have that passion that I have the passion the board has makes it easier to identify leaders because it's a it's a healthy culture for that so they emanate up they they, they show up so I'm going to say this if we're having a hard time finding leaders you got to say why should someone be excited about your business Why should somebody be excited about you? I'm gonna take it way back to the root cause, right? Okay. So this is a huge deal and I and I've said this that that my job running Nextar was easier because we had a purpose. Yes. Right? Not just about making Jack's family money. Right? Right. It was never about Jack's money here. Right? It was never about and, and so many businesses the owner can't understand why people don't get excited about it. And I said, Tell me why. Tell me why I need to get excited about this business that you're holding close, that you're not sharing that you're, it's got your name on it. Right. Right. You're bringing your kids in that maybe they're not equipped to do leadership. Why would I get excited about this? Right. And I'm a passionate guy, as you can tell in this thing. Right. Yeah. So you got to go back to, the, to that. That's a huge, huge deal. So I'll say that for the most part here at Nextar, the leader has appeared when the opportunity did. Mm. So when I delegated things off. Right. right? And then what happens, Julian? is that when, when someone not, so I'm running next door and I'm thinking about sales. I'm thinking about marketing, I'm thinking about super meeting. I'm thinking about training. I'm thinking about finance. I'm thinking about collections. Well, I've only got so much time of the day, right? Right. So I'm giving something, you know, 10 minutes of time here, 20 minutes of time there, but you hire a leader who only has to think about training. Only has to think about coaching. That's all I got to think about. Right. All of a sudden that, that you're, 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 you're dedicating thinking time way past your ability so, maybe they're not quite as gifted as you. But if, they, if someone's got 40 hours to think about something, right. and you got 10, buddy, that's, that's, a, that's a recipe for success. And that's what I saw, right? That's what I saw with you, with p- different people here, is that all of a sudden, you know, they, you know, they, they, they can't, they don't have board dynamics and you know, all this other stuff, right, that you got running a business. And, and as you're growing a business, you know, that's the beauty of decentralization, is, it, is the laser focus you have without, and, and we've saw that with, with Next Tech. Right. 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 We saw that with our training organization. Right. We saw that with creative services. We've seen it with um, HR. Right. Right. It, all of a sudden. The, so what happens is you put a talented person there who's who's passionate too. And all of a sudden they start to create um, the direction for that function. Yes. Now, instead of pushing the gas, you're steering. There you go. Right. So now you're steering the business, and now it's like, okay, they've got these different ideas coming at me. Which one's the which one's the best? Instead of me having to crack the whip, I'm having to tap the brakes. It's a whole different experience, Julian, as a leader, right? It's a whole different it's a whole different gig. Now I call it running downhill, right? You're not, you know, early days. You know, it's just you. It's, It's like it's it's uphill the whole time, and leadership is uphill. But this idea that at certain point momentum is created and it feels like what you're doing as you're running is you're just trying to keep your feet under you. Right. Right. And that can be scary too. It can't be scary. Right. You can fall down. Right. Right. It's not easy, but it's a lot easier than running uphill.
1: I'll tell you that. And if, and if as a, as a, as a startup, you, your entire muscle memory is running uphill, pushing mm-hmm. everything, making mm-hmm. it all happen. And that's what I wanted to get to yeah. is that fulcrum, that time, that moment, the tipping point. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look around and you might have four people who God forbid might be smarter than you. Might actually be stronger than you. Yeah. Might actually be faster than right. you. Now does that excite you or does that intimidate yeah. you? And do you seek to control or do you empower them and let them run free and as Jack said, steer the behavior yeah. versus control the behavior? Right. I hear a difference in that.
0: Well I think there's an important word that we that you've got to develop for that to work, for it for you know, there's gotta be a high degree of trust. And yes. you need to do a lot of trust work with this team because what'll happen is if you've got the wrong person or if you're the wrong person and there's mistrust with a strong person now you know you're suspicious now you feel threatened right okay um and that's where it gets a little dysfunctional so i think you know as a leader you know i'm a huge believer in in the work that pat lanchoni's done on the five dysfunctions of a team and the first dysfunction of a team is absence of trust said differently our first responsibility as a leader is to gain a mutual trust between the people that we report to that report to us Making sure that, that there's not this concern that you don't think there's a hidden agenda. If you do, you talk about it. Hey, Julian, what are you trying to accomplish here with this? Mm-hmm, right? right. Let's talk about that. Now, I didn't have that conversation much with you, but these are important things because I think what happens is if you're fearful that someone is doing well and that someday they're going to steal your people when they leave. Right. Right. How do you not remove that, but how do you how do you talk about that up front? in a thoughtful, not in a threatened, not in a... I never like when someone comes to me and says, you know, you need to show me loyalty. Yeah. Now, loyalty is something that I'll tell you when you have it. Right. You know, you need not to push me into it. Right. right. And I might not even
1: tell you I do it. But well, I'll, there'll be a moment where it's modeled. You never right. have to ask. I hate that when people do that. We'll have those moments. Test of loyalty and stuff. Well, here's what I heard it within that, too, is the importance of purpose in the business yeah. and your clarity as a leader into... Why should I be excited? And how you're creating the environment, first off, where people understand what the larger purpose is Mm -hmm. of the organization, what its ultimate outcome is, uh, its intentions, and then that tied to your trusting the leaders as they start to emerge, because they will emerge. Mm -hmm. You've created a a purposeful business. Um, It's clear cut that it's not about you or your paycheck as an individual. It's about what you're growing here as a business. Uh, The leaders emerge and then you have a degree of trust you do or you don't we don't reward performance and elevate uh meaning to a a higher position or a leadership position great great performance should always be recognized right right. that doesn't necessarily mean promoted in the way of leadership leadership gets back to these personal codes to these disciplines to their motivations to something i've heard you speak about before as it relates to a purpose-driven business Uh, The the idea of responsibility versus reward, you know, this is something that as we Mm -hmm. look to place our trust in a leader, what is their motivation? Is it to have the rewards of the position? Or do you watch them almost not in a bad way, but carry the weight of responsibility? So I don't want to paint a a, a bad image. Mm -hmm of it's a weight but do you watch them take that on do they have ownership in their language in their actions I
0: did Julian so this idea let me let me let me summarize what you just said there so I I can then speak to it in my own words is is that uh, there's this idea that there's two primary motivations for being a leader Uh, one is I want to be a leader for the rewards of leadership which is the pay the privilege the power those kind of things right the office. The office. you got a nice one. Sleep now. in. Yeah, right. All that All stuff. All that stuff, right? All that stuff, right? right. Uh, the name, you know, the, the name plate, the whole routine. And then there's people that want leadership because they, they enjoy and seek the responsibility. They like to help. They like to grow. They like to develop. They like to accomplish things, right? And certainly, and I, I, I didn't hear this put into these simple words until I heard some recent work from Pat Lancioni talk about this at our upcoming meeting mm-hmm. as we hired him for this. Um but this idea is that, that, that you want to identify leaders that are coming to you, not, not wanting to be a leader. How do I make more money around here? Right, right. well, can I be a leader and make more money? Right, that kind of deal. Or how do I fly first class? You know, how do I accomplish that? That's what I want in my life. I don't want that leader. Right. I just don't, right? Now, they, they, might, they might accomplish some things, right? But I think there's gonna be some dysfunction that I just don't feel like managing, right? right. I just don't feel like doing that. Now, having said that, leaders listening to this, it doesn't mean that you're the lowest paid person on the business. If you're running a company or a department and that department does well, by default, it would be impossible for you not to be the primary beneficiary of that. There you go. Okay? So you don't have to think about that. What you have to think about is the responsibility of leading people and helping them and growing the business and uh, creating a distinction in the marketplace. That's what's got to be your passion not the reward. Does that make sense? I love that, you know. So, you know, people say, look, what if I change the pay plan, will I get this different result? And I'm saying you're actually feeding into the thing you don't want. Right. Right? If that makes any sense. You yeah. got to feed into the other and then you'll get the reward, right? Cuz I've seen that here at Nextar now. It doesn't mean I'm not bashful at review time. It doesn't mean that, right? But um that can't be the when you mention that waking up at 5:30 in the morning. And and what's your motivation? Your motivation has to be something other than money, power, prestige. Otherwise, I think there's some huge dysfunction that creep into your business makes any
1: sense. So that's what you're creating. You're creating that type of business. So just, let's have that awareness. Yeah. I'm not well, saying yeah. you can't do it. Sure, you can do it. Sure. And this Wall is the, the beast. That, exactly. Okay. Right. This now just know what you're creating. Yeah. Know what you're taming, uh, and you can't have it both ways.
0: Well, you're not. You're. You're. You're not. You. It's a daily taming. Right. Right. It's not like you've got it tamed. No. <laughs> this is never easy. Right. I'm not suggesting for a minute that there's dysfunction that will creep in if you're if you're too much about the kumbaya and not enough about it's you know you got to have the results, right. but that's a that's a means to an end, not an end. If that right. makes any sense, because a, a great business can do fun things, It can help people, it can grow, it can you know create opportunities for customers, it can create distinction and create pride, all these other things, and you do that through a profitable business. But um, did I answer your question?
1: As a testament to what you're speaking to, uh, just last week uh, saw a service manager here. I had some technicians at service system. And he had been at the BPW a few weeks before, and I would seen him. And uh, he said, you know, just pull me to the side. Julian, we just had the best month we've ever had. You know, we're closing. And said, okay, yeah. great. I said, best over last year, best of this year, best of all time, best of all time. Tell me a little bit more about it. And he said, what I realized coming off of the BPW, our business planning workshop, where you break down your budget and the indicators of how you're going to get there, the path of how you're going to get there, the metrics of what to watch to get there. He said, I realized that... It's small intentional steps. And I realized that we were going to grow almost double next year. So I did a test. I went back and I pulled a couple technicians and I said, what if I told you that we're going to double in revenue next year? And they all said, well, you'd have to hire this many people. You have to do this. You have to do that. And it was all relative to adding more people. He said, but what I realized coming out of the business planning workshop is that if I could simply change our conversion rate by 3%, and if I could change our efficiency by 2%, I could doggone near impact our budget by at least 30%, 40%, 50% difference. And then I broke that down to a week and I just said, how many extra calls would I need and what's the conversion rate? And just getting back down to the brass tacks of chunking it down and understanding the tasks that that need to be handled And the reason that I bring that back up as a specific example, for me, what I heard in that conversation was responsibility and excitement. There was not the reward. He wasn't saying that if we double our our revenue next year, then I'm going to make an extra X. It wasn't that. He was excited by the potential of the responsibility and the activities. Once he understood the activities that he should be focused on, and it was pure passion. It was pure excitement. It was, you know, operational for me. It was just like, I was in, in, in the pigsty. I was rolling around with him like, ooh, talk those numbers, baby. Let's get those conversions up. Let's get the efficiency up. But what I heard was a responsible leader, not a reward-centered leader. And the passion was different because it was focused on the whole and what he could bring to the community, to the employees, to the company. So I just wanted to share that one example because it really moved
0: me. What's well, a good one um, because, you know, what I, what I heard in that is that, that I think the, a good leader is excited by growth. This wasn't the owner. This is the service manager. I get it. I get it. A good service manager. But you're excited by growth, right? Because growth creates opportunity. There you go. It Creates opportunity for the business, for the people within it. Um, You know, you know, without growing, you know, you're you're obviously heard the saying, you're you're dying. But I think that that that's that's a a a quality of a responsibility based leader that that growth growth is just not an option. You got to do it personally. You got to do it professionally. And it's not about the reward you're going to get. It's just about the fact that that, that, that there's there's a benefit. You understand the holistic benefit of growth. Does that make sense? And so the business, you know, you want it growing. You know, there was a time here a year ago that we had a a service line here. You know, it was Nextar Leads. And uh, it wasn't growing. And we didn't see our way clear to growing it. And uh, it was still serving its purpose. But we decided, I decided, that I didn't want anything within Nextar that I couldn't see my way clear to growing Does that make sense? That I didn't really have a plan. It's a distraction there. Right. Some of this is going to sit there. Right. Well, it's serving its purpose. Let it just sit there. Well, that idea is corrosive. Right. I don't want anything in my business just sitting there. I don't want a person just sitting there. I don't want a business just sitting there. I don't want anything just sitting there. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So I think this idea of, well, what does this mean, responsibility-based? How do I get that? Hey, get excited by growth. Get excited by personal growth. Get excited by your department growing. That is responsibility-based. Does that
1: make sense? I'm tracking
0: you know, so that's, that's, that's how I'd summarize this because it's almost like, you know, well, I want the reward. You'll get the reward. Right. Right. You, if your business is growing, you'll get it. It's a byproduct. You might not get the exact dollar you want, but you'll get it. Yeah. And don't worry about it. Don't obsess on it. Don't wake up thinking about yourself
1: and go to bed thinking of yourself. If you do, you'll fail. And I think you and I are so convicted in this because our personal experiences in life have been just that. Yeah. That if we do the work, if we create a growing business, if we participate and do our piece... And the rest just comes. Yeah. So we're speaking from experience here, not theory. No,
0: but young people, if you haven't experienced it, please take our word. <laughs> right? Just don't, don't, don't lose a great job because yeah. you're thinking another way. Just, and, and you know, it's it's just, yeah. Uh, you know, we have the benefit of the context of decades of experience. And right. I, I just want to teach young people that the real wisdom comes when you can learn from somebody
1: like us given our experience not have to touch the hot burner yourself well let's shift into that because i did yeah. promise we would cover that looking back yeah young jack tester young person out there today you know something that would accelerate their learning curve that we can share here on this podcast today yeah and we've shared a ton actually in my mind but yeah what else is, is in your brain that you want to make sure that we share you
0: know i think we've we've codified this more recently but um this idea, you know, we, we do a lot of... It used to, in the early days of Nextar, often I thought that it was about the system. The system's a solution. Our very first speaker was Michael Gerber from the e right, who wrote the book. That was the very first... We launched Star with that speaker, and he talked about this idea of systemizing your business, that that's a success. And, and the, 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 the challenge with that was, Julian, is that the reward was that you didn't have to go to the business. Right, right. right. So it actually became... A, a nice endeavor with the wrong reward anyway um this idea that 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 the system's a solution and what i've what i've learned in recent years is this idea of just having a growth mindset if i would have just not if i had just just focused on um not just the business and getting it better but focused on getting the leaders better right right This is before leadership training, though. So you're asking me to do something before it was even out there. You know, Peter Drucker was a management guy, but you know, this was this was in 1992. There wasn't the leadership training that we have available to us today. I wish I'd had it. Does that make sense? Yes. I wish I'd had it, right? Um, But I would. So a a young person here, you want to grow the business, you want to focus on software, you want to focus on inventory and trucks and pay plans, and this is you got to. You know
1: you have to understand it
0: yeah we, we, we got all that stuff here it's got you, you you can't have a chaotic business, right but you've got to f- what I've seen here is, is really focused so I wish I would have been more focused on myself in not taking time for myself and all that but more more Jack, how are you going to get better this week personally because I got lucky, Julian. I got better but I got lucky right And what I've seen is when I started focusing on it intentionally, the growth accelerated more than it would have. Right, and I don't know if that's the, the just the wisdom of 58 years versus age 30, sure. right? But I would tell a 30 year old, you know, create some growth habits, journal in the morning, read something healthy. Don't don't listen to sports radio on the way to work. Listen to something inspiring. Um, you know, clearly, Julian, I've, I I uh, I did never took Star for granted. I did take my family for granted, and I wish I would have go back and be a little better father, a little better husband back in those days. I wish I could have done that. You know, I can't ring the bell now. But So I definitely think is there's times where the business is so consuming and your responsibilities are so great. Um, you know, I would have given up some of my hobbies and focused on
1: other, those other things. That's you know, So just being real truthful, that's what I would have done. Yeah, thank you so much yeah. for being so open and transparent yeah. on that. What I heard a few things within that, just to use some terms that came to mind for me is that self-awareness piece because that's where the self-development and growth is because this ties back to me to something you said earlier knowing what you're naturally strong in and i spent a few years uh, pursuing odd sales jobs because the pay was better so here we go back to reward centered focus right so as a young person i wanted to make more money i am a highly organized detail oriented person yeah not most you sales. His,
0: you should see my old office. Right not now. not most salespeople
1: yeah. kind of fit that category. So I'm so meticulous right. and, and thoughtful and slow that I wasn't great at pursuing and chasing. And uh-huh. you know the other part of that is I if there's a person I don't like, I won't spend much time with them. Even if it's going to make me a dollar, I'll just say I don't like them. I'm not going to sell I them. Know. And so with that, to me, it gets back to the self-awareness. Understand your individual strengths and resist the urge to fight through it for the reward because once you lean into your specific strengths, the reward will then come. Right. So that's what I heard within that, some of the self-awareness and emotional awareness and and then that work. Can I speak to that, though? That the
0: only reason I got to do what what I was gifted to do is that I fought through for a period of time and did everything, for sure, right? For sure. So, you know, I've seen too many owners when their business isn't big enough to start to not do the things they don't like. And then there's no one that... But but there's no... They didn't give it to anybody. But they need to be done. Yes. They need to be done. Okay. Right? And, you know, so there is a... a, Whether it's a a beginning department or a beginning company, you know, you got to suck it up. And 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 that's the benefit of growth because that growth gives you those opportunities. Jay, I could have never do what I'm doing right now to semi-retire at 58. Right. To... um, focus on you know team development and leadership development and strategy if I if I would have done that exclusively in the first year exclusively yeah. and too early yeah too early so you yeah I don't want to mix the message here you know because because so often we say play to your strengths that's great if you can right if you got the the, the financial capacity to do it so, you know, get your business to a point where it's profitable and growing. And you, and you might say, I have a tough life right now. And you do. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right? Because you're doing stuff. You know, I've seen owners that never will commit to learning how to read a financial statement. Yeah. They'll never commit to it. And I'm telling you guys, if that's you, you're handicapping yourself. You will not grow your business. And it ain't
1: hard. It's something that we have coaches for right. that you can uh,
0: learn. There's a just million. learn it. You know, so often I I I'd, I'd go through an income statement. It was like I was reading French. To the, to the man or the woman on the other side. Like, this is your business for 10 years. Commit to learning this stuff, right? And maybe you'll find, once you commit to it and you understand it, that it's not so laborious as it was before. Right? I love
1: the distinction between commitment to discomfort versus natural strength. I should just be able to play in my strengths. I should be able to do what I want. It's right. all going to work out for me. That's not what we're saying here. We are saying, as you grow, that you'll have more opportunity but you do need to focus and work through it. I'm getting this visualization of a graphic from a book called The Career Playbook, and I remember this book really helped me. They had a, a graphic of a triangle, and I'm not going to remember each point, but essentially uh, it said early in your career and then for the, the three corners of the triangle, one would be something like free time, and the other would be compensation, and the other one might be family time. And it showed throughout the course of your career how that triangle will skew mm-hmm. and become longer in certain sections where you may not have the family time you want early in the career, um, but you might make a little more money because that's where you're focused. Yeah. Or, or you might not make the money or have right. time, but you're, you're growing a craft. Yeah. And as soon as I, my brain could conceptualize that, and I wish I had seen it earlier in my life to realize that right now is the time for me being in the trenches. And, and even when I did take those odd sales jobs, they taught me things mm-hmm. that I can now leverage yeah. and lean right. into. So they were still right. valuable. I just know that that wasn't my long-term plan. Right. But to put that work in, to get those yeah. miles in, uh, one thing that struck me that I do want to share here as well uh, as I look back, something that I would tell my younger self and that I feel passionately about now is the 20-mile march.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Realizing that rain, snow, sleet, hail, we're going to go 20 miles. Mm-hmm. But even on a sunny day, we're going to go the 20 miles that we plotted. So to not wear your team out, yeah. to persevere through the tough, in the, in the hard times, right. to persevere, to get those 20 miles, whatever that goal is. But in the sunny days, to not wear your team out yeah. either. To not overdo, over-pursue, right. or, or chase right. too much. So I just want to share that. That's no, very
0: fair. That was tied it's in somewhere fair. in my brain. Sure, I mean, a story hit me. I want to share this because I think it's going it. to speak to this idea of, of strengths, this idea of doing what you sometimes what you have to do, not what you want to do. I remember a conversation. It was the early days of Nexstar. Most companies that joined Nexstar were pretty small. And I had a company that was owned by a really wonderful man. He was in New England and uh, he was a plumber and he loved the trade. He loved the trade, Julian. And this was in the day when price books were just emerging and they were kind of rudimentary, right? They weren't refined, right? But but they were usable and you could have just bought one from Mayo or Blau or somebody or Callahan Roach and you'd have been just fine, Mm -hmm. right? Or you could have just used a simple matrix and flat rated without, right? But this guy loved the trade, and he loved parts, and he loved, and he was the, one of the best plumbers, I have no doubt in my mind, that's ever walked the face of this planet. So he spent an inordinate amount of time, months of, of time, instead of growing the business, developing his own flat rate book. Okay. And he did it because of his love of parts and, and because it was in his wheelhouse. Does that make sense? Got it. So, but his business was, was stuck. It wasn't growing. It was small. Well, unfortunately, this guy contracted uh, terminal cancer. And I called him, and I was talking to him. And he shared with me that this was coming, and he was diagnosed to pass away. And he started to bawl on the phone, obviously because of his demise. But he also shared with me that he was so upset with himself for wasting so much time doing things that aren't wasn't preparing his business and therefore his family for him not being there because right. this flat right book wasn't going to create any generational wealth. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And I never forgot that lesson listening to this guy not on his deathbed but close still aware with this massive regret of not having done the things that he needed to do just doing what he wanted to do. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yes. And I and so this goes back to um, you know this idea of, of, of where you are in your business. And I never, ever, I think one of the, the huge mistakes I've seen in the world is telling people they can have it all before they can have it all. Mm. If you're leading a business and it's small, it's hard work. And you're going to have to do some things and you're going to have to, to scale some mountains that you don't want to climb. And if I promise you, if you do it now, you won't have to later. There you go. Right. John Maxwell says your life can be easy than hard, or hard than easy, yep. and that is such a truism when it comes to leadership, right? So put in the work while you got the energy, when you got the time, uh-huh. when you when you have time to make up for your mistakes, right? When you if you do some things bad at age thirty financially, yep. you got time, yeah, right? You got you got thirty years to claw back out of that valley, right? If conversely, if you're sixty and you haven't saved money. Right. Buddy. That's not, that's not a great position to be in. That's what I'm saying. Got it. So I want to share that because that, that's such a, an important memory for me. And, um,
1: and I think it's a great call out now to the listeners. What's the busy work that you're hiding behind versus the yeah, work you need to be doing? That's a good point. Because that's what it sounds like to me. Oh, that's right. You know, and yeah. you could call it a work of passion. And, and know, checking a, I'm checking jobs. I'm picking up material. Eventually. You know, but there's no end. There's no end in sight. You could, do, you could work on this thing forever. <laughs> right. To what return? Right. To what gain? That's right. To whose benefit? That's right. That's right. Looking forward, Yeah. what are you excited about in leadership in general? Uh, you mentioned earlier resources now, the, the amount of resources that we have available as leaders. Uh, but as you look forward, thinking of leadership, leadership lounge, leaders are listening. What are you excited about? What do you see on the horizon in the industry in general? Where does your mind go as I ask that well, question?
0: Well, you know, first, I'm, I'm, I'm just as passionate about this industry as I was 25 years ago. Because you know, there's transformation occurring in our industry right now of, of companies that have scaled their business to a size that I never, I never envisioned. Julian, you know, I never envisioned a fifty million dollar company back in nineteen ninety two. If you were doing three million bucks, then it was like, wow, yeah. let's go hang out by that, that man or woman <laughs> and, and learn. Learn right now. I see three million bucks. Like, oh, you're just growing. You're just starting out. There we go. Right. I don't <laughs> mean that negatively, but that uh, just, yeah, uh, just here just we a, go. But, and, and then ownership's transitioning, right? We yeah. have a huge change, and we, we have financial investors coming in our industry. You know, no one would touch this industry 10, 15 years ago. Well, I think it's interesting ago.
1: that we speak so much to the age shift of the trades people, and we have to realize this is the same age of the average owner. Yeah. So if we're losing a lot of right. performers right. in the field, these are pretty much the same age of the yeah. owners, so we've got that transition.
0: Well, so but I'm, this is what I'm going to say. Um, this industry, the reason I'm as passionate about it now is that even though we have fifty, sixty, seventy million dollar companies in a given market, there's it's not like there's not this huge room to grow. Still. It's still fragmented. <laughs> this there's, there's, don't be afraid. You don't think that that these these big companies will will outmarket you or outserve you. Just don't don't yeah. the, the 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 resources you have through Nextar, the software that's available today. Um, to virtually everybody, uh, to grow their business with a with a passionate leader, who's focused, is is it's actually better today than it was. Yeah. You know, let me tell you, back in 1992, if you didn't have one of the top three positions in the yellow pages, you are a plumbing contractor. Oh boy, good luck residentially. Yeah, right. Darn yeah. good luck. Huh. Right. Yeah, a little different today, right? Got there's there's there there were barriers to entry a long time ago that aren't there anymore so I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity, so the the what I'm saying here is I'm excited to help the next group of leaders enjoy what our current group of leaders have have done I'm excited for the transition that will happen as people my age start to do what i 'm doing and start to have other people come in their stead right I'm very excited for that, and I don't see anything Julian, that scares me in this business, meaning you know um, there's been some talk about Ubering our business and I imagine that, that that there'll be more pricing transparency online you know but there's also more service quality transparent online so actually back in the day Jay you know if you wanted to find out if a company was bad you had to hear they were bad from a neighbor right. or a better business bureau yes, or the news right well, yeah. well, they had to get real bad to get there right today you know with with online reviews it's actually because of the quality of the work our members do it's actually made price less important does that make sense oh yeah than it was before so because they're seeing well there's four and a half stars right that must be pretty good and then they roll up there and and there's a lot of other great companies in town it's not you as the maverick out there doing the one thing so I'm excited as you can tell I'm excited about this business and so what it'll come down to Jay because the systems are identified there's a secret sauce we've got here. It will all come down to leadership. Can you make it work? Can you inspire people with passion to make your business work? And we can win that, right? I know I could win that. I know you could win that. I, and I, there's, there's young people here that shouldn't feel so said differently success in the business is up to you. There you go. It's not up to market forces, it ain't up to the weather, it ain't up to the yellow page rep. You know, people are laughing at me because I'm talking about yellow pages, but you know, it's not up to that stuff, right? It's within your four walls. There it is. It's within between your ears. There you go. It's right, it, in, the it's right in your heart. Every morning. Right. So I'm excited about that.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and that might be a good way to end this thing.
1: Well, that was beautiful.
0: You know. Yeah. Well, I tell you, Jay, I've uh, I've enjoyed the journey here at Nextar. I'm excited for you because you're one of those young people I'm excited about. Nextar. You know, and you're doing a great job here, and and uh it's been a great a great journey here at Nexter, and the journey continues. So I'm not I'm not walking away.
1: It does, and as you emerging leaders are listening, here's what I would offer. Um, you know, just a saying that I picked up as I was afforded the opportunity to step in and, and take on a new role here. Uh, Jack has huge shoes to fill, so I choose not to fill them, but to wear my own, and to follow the path. Though, so let's let's not get Let's not confuse the two. So, as the new young rebels that Jack was, yeah. he's, I didn't know I was going to be interviewing the James Dean of the associations here. They've got a bad boy here. <laughs> and next time I are, was. Not, now I know why the attraction. It makes yeah. sense now. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be part of the rebels. Now I get it. Now I see why. And um, the thing is, though, well, we can say, I'm not going to wear your shoes. Those were your shoes. That was your way. You had a direction, a path, a true north that it would be unwise for the emerging leaders to completely buck, to stare, or to ignore. There's a direction that you've taken this thing that has wisdom and experience and results in it. And so, young folks, emerging leaders, as you consider what your true north is, do it your way. Wear your shoes. Cuff your pants, whatever style you have. But focus on the direction and look to those who came before you um, because I've been very fortunate that those before me have been quite willing to share quite willing to let me stumble and fall and help me back up um but keeping the true north true so for leading the way uh jack for that i want to thank you personally and professionally thank you you. appreciate that
0: thank you and i want to thank you all for listening to this last and very special episode of leadership lounge Uh, this is jack tester signing off for the last time thank you so much thank you to next star talk to you soon bye